Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast with your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar and Rama Rao, coming to you from New York City. Each week, we brew up conversations steeped in our cross-cultural experiences, growing up in India and moving abroad in our 20s. From feminism to fashion, colorism to colonialism, join us on our journey of becoming. With elements that almost every immigrant, irrespective of background, can relate to, we hope you enjoy our conversations and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Chai Break podcast. Now that you've heard episodes 8 and 9 as part of our sustainability series, we're sure it's got you thinking about your own sustainable practices. So how about today we introduce you to a brand that is packed with a skilled artisans and all women team that is producing beautiful hand-block printed bed linens, hand-stitched kanta pillow covers, hand-woven jute rugs, and so much more. Well, we're talking about the brand Alhaya, a small brand based in India. I had the pleasure of talking to founder Sonali recently, who employs 25 artisan families and 15 women artisans with her to create and curate the sustainable brand of Home Basics. Now, what's unique about the women Alhaya employs is that all of them come from homes of domestic abuse and hardship. And employment opportunities with brands like Alhaya give them financial independence that enables them to support their families and educate their children. Well, guess what? I've personally ordered from them, both for my home here in New York, as well for my family back in India. And I can attest for their beautiful designs and impeccable quality. If this has got you intrigued, do check them out on Instagram at Alhaya, which is A-L-H-A-I-Y-A-A-H. If you see something you like, send them a message and Sonali will respond to you. Guess what? They also ship worldwide. Cool. So, uh, everybody, again, welcome to Chai Break Podcast. How has your week been, Shweta? It's been busy. It's been busy. Right? Um, I have taken on a new thing uh, recently, which has uh, kept me even more busy during the week. Um, I actually joined uh, a dance company called Alokam oh, wow. um, for a production that they're putting together next year. It's all new to me, um, but you know what? Just putting myself out there and getting out of my comfort zone. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, I'm so And I think proud you also you. have something new. You have something new. I know. I think we kind of timed it very, very much <laughs> similar because I know how we've been trying to get hold of each other and it's been so hard because mm-hmm. the last two weeks I've uh, signed up for the yoga certification course in the sense for you as to become a yoga instructor. It's a 200 hour yoga instructor training and it's been four hours of intense, you know, training every single day wow. except for one weekend day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been mind-blowing. I've been learning so much about yogic philosophy, which, by the way, uh, for our audience, we should have another uh, podcast Definitely. entirely on yoga and yogic mm-hmm. philosophies. Uh, but uh, yoga is not, yeah, from what I've learned, and uh, which has been such an eye-opening experience, is that yoga is not just asanas and postures and strengthening exercises. It's much more beyond that. It actually incorporates a lot of other aspects to it. Uh, making it a union, a unit of mind, body, and spirit, which is what yoga means. Awesome. So, Can't wait um, to learn more about that. Yeah. It's changing me as a person as well, which I, in a good way, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we're trying to, today, this series, we're going to talk about 
uh, sustainability, but more so in regards to thrifting, right? The right. do's and the don'ts. And, um, you know, talk about a few brands and this being your space, Shweta. So <laughs> definitely please take on this discussion as well, because I am ready to sit back and learn from you. <laughs> definitely. About what yeah. You can tell me about thrifting. Mm -hmm. Go on. Yeah, no, definitely. Because, you know, um, if you think back to the way we grew up in India and, you know, our growing up years, um, I don't think we had heard the concept of thrifting, right? And no. today, obviously, it's such a buzzword. Everybody's thrifting, you know, even the wealthiest of wealthiest, you know, all these bloggers who can afford like Chanel and whatnot are still going to thrift stores. Yeah. Um, while it has its good, it also has its bad. So let's mm -hmm. like quickly look at, you know, how the concept of thrifting actually came about, especially in the United States, right? Yeah. So one thing is that if you look at, you know, history, you know, in the 19th century, capitalism saw such a huge surge, right? Mm -hmm. Especially the era like, you know, um, post uh, the wars, the World War II, there was such a business boomed and everybody was shopping. They had so much disposable income. Right. But if you notice, what happened was with all of that boom also came mass production. And that is when mass production of clothing began. And mm -hmm. that changed everything forever. Mm -hmm. You know, clothing became more affordable. So everybody was buying more clothing more frequently. It was not like Thanksgiving and Christmas and birthdays. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it was more like trend-based and fast fashion. And all of that came into place. Mm -hmm. While people were buying, they were also getting rid of their clothes quicker. Because they started getting more clothes. So mm -hmm. they have to, yeah. it's just accumulating. Yeah. But they wore everything once a couple of times and they were disposing it. But you know what really happened and what really kind of um, supported this practice, which is not really good, is that the technology improved and waste management systems improved. Mm -hmm. So um, those days, thrifting was actually, or a thrift store rather, was called a pawn shop. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have like uh, pawn shops for like all kinds of things, right? Like gadgets and uh, scrap materials and all of that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So back in the day, Christian missionaries saw this and they were like, oh, this is a great opportunity. And they funded these missions and kind of added some legitimacy to thrifting because back in those days, like anybody who shopped at the pawn shop or the thrift store was looked upon as, you know, being poor, yeah, you know, who couldn't yeah. afford good clothing. Those were the kind of people. And that was the birth of, you know, what we know today as Salvation Army, mm -hmm. which actually started as Salvation Brigade back in 1897 mm -hmm. and Goodwill. Mm -hmm. Both of these came into being and uh, thrift stores started looking more like department stores, mm -hmm. which kind of gave like, you know, whether you had money or you didn't have money for whatever reason you're shopping in those thrift stores, mm -hmm. you also felt, you know, good about yourself. So that was a marketing strategy. Yeah. And, you know, it's what's the craziest thing I actually heard, which fascinated me. Um, you know, my manager, right, work, um, Deborah, she was talking, I was talking to her about this topic. And mm -hmm. she told me she had friends who lived in the Upper East Side back in the day of, you know, all these wealthy women. And, you know, we do kitty parties, right? We did it right. even back in India. You've seen our moms, like, you know, our neighborhood aunties go to these kitty parties. Right. So what used to happen was these women, you know, a group of friends used to get together and they used to do a clothing swap. Mm -hmm. And they used to bring all their clothing, which is still in great condition, but they don't want to wear it for whatever reason. And all of the women there would exchange and, you know, pick up a few clothes. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, at the end of this, there used to be like a big amount of clothing that's left over. Mm -hmm. So that, what they would do is bag everything up and, you know, give it away to the nearest thrift store. 
I see. I found that so interesting um, because, you know, um, that was a way, like, you know, the way it was marketed to them was that it's okay, you know, it's a nice place to shop and, you know, maybe another woman, you can, uh, another, you know, middle-class woman, working woman can just walk in there and shop and, you know, still feel good about the clothes she bought, even though it's secondhand. Right. And with all of this boom, can you believe it today? The thrifting industry, according to an IBIS World Report, is a $14.4 billion industry. Wow, that is that is that's a big number. Yeah. I can feed many countries. Mm-hmm. That's I right. I did not know that's that. Right. So that is why, you know, why are we talking about sustainability and why are we telling you to, you know, be more conscious when you thrift is that remember every time whether you know you donate clothes uh, to a thrift store or to a charity or whatever that is, right? All of the clothes that actually don't get sold for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. also land up in landfills. Mm. So just like we said in our previous episode, just taking care of the clothes you have is so important and is one of the best steps and most simplest step you can take towards a sustainable lifestyle. And if this got you thinking, I actually came across a very, very good book that I could recommend. It's called From Goodwill to Grunge, A History of Secondhand Styles and Alternative Economies by uh, Jennifer Lazote. And it's a really, really good read. So almost what you're trying to say is you're connecting thrifting to, again, capitalism, Mm -hmm. right? Definitely. Thrifting is another big industry. Yeah, totally. And this is so, I mean, I had no information. I did not know anything about these stats that you just provided, but it it kind of makes sense because Mm -hmm. when I walk past the Goodwill or the Salvation Army store, some of the stores, especially there's one store in the Upper East Side, the Goodwill, I think, Mm -hmm. it looks like your regular Uh, nice looking department store. I mean, some of the outfits they display outside are really nice as well. Yeah. Almost feel like, you know, I just doesn't feel like it is anything like, you know, thrifting. Oh my God, I'm going to thrift Mm -hmm. and I'm going to Mm -hmm. a second hand store to buy it. It doesn't give that appearance at all. Mm -hmm. But I can see where do they get the funding from because this is, you know, they do, um, you know, whatever they make from their profits, they're able to translate it and make it even bigger. Yeah. And from what you're saying, it looks like it is such a huge industry, 14.4 billion. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's a lot of money. Yep. Did not even know that. Wow. Yeah. So with that said, you know, um, there have been a lot of uh, influencers and uh, brands in the space mm-hmm. that have kind of inspired me and taught me a lot and, you know, in part of my process of educating myself, right? Mm-hmm. And one woman who, too, is steering the conversation with her unique approach is um, influencer Niha Ileti. Mm-hmm. I hope I pronounced her last name right. I think when I actually started following her is she did a whole series covering different fabrics and um tie-dye techniques and embroidery techniques from across India, mm-hmm. you know. So hers is a art meets fashion series that she did. She has great artistic skills. If you check out her Instagram, she's actually any uh, weave, like a bandhani weave or a certain kind of embroidery. She actually paints the entire thing on herself, on her face and her neck, mm-hmm. along with draping that fabric. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And not only that, she actually is bringing up a lot of... um you know, uncomfortable topics Mm -hmm. to talk about in this space from greenwashing and talking about indigenous people and their cultures, which Mm -hmm. we briefly touched upon in our episode seven. Yeah. 
And recently, she spoke about an app. You know, obviously, you know, we shop on Amazon and we shop on all these other kind of um, apps that, you know, have access to fast fashion, right? And yeah. each of these fast fashion brands themselves have their own apps. But this is an app called Good Human. It's a gateway for consumers to break up with Amazon, as she rightly put it. Mm. This app actually has 700 plus vetted brands with over 150,000 curated products, everything from home to, you know, fashion and everything in between. So just go to your app store and download it and it opens the floodgates to a whole slew of uh, sustainable brands. Oh, I'm going to do it right now. Yep. I have downloaded it and I have started discovering so many brands. It's pretty awesome. That's great. Yeah. So next up is actually um, an Indian actress, Dia Mirza. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of her. She actually walks the talk and lives by it. She recently actually had a wedding. She had a backyard wedding that produced 0% waste. Everything was natural recyclable decor to cutlery and no food even went to waste. Mm-hmm. So she actually uses her platform to talk about simple sustainable living practices from using like bamboo toothbrushes, shopping local, saying no to single use plastic and um, so much more. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, want to follow along, she's another great uh, celebrity who, you know, walks the talk. That's awesome, Shweta. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there are a bunch of uh, women who, you know, um, embrace India's, you know, weaving history, like artisanal history um, with their amazing saris. And they always work to highlight these small businesses and small brands, Mm -hmm. sustainable brands. Mm -hmm. One of them is Aparna Rao. And um, we leave her handle in our um, Instagram uh, post. Mm -hmm. It's Aparna's handle. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's another woman here in Dallas, actually. Uh, Her name is Payal who goes by MSPPJ, that's her Mm -hmm. social media handle. And she actually um, started this Shop That Closet Official. It's uh, another Instagram handle where she actually sells pre-loved pieces that are made in India with the goal of like extending the life of a clothing. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I wonder how she does that. Wow. Yeah. That's and it's it's between like her and her, you know, circle of friends, whoever is like, you know, ready to give up a piece of clothing that still has a lot of life to it. Mm-hmm. She puts it up for sale there. So, you know, that's another great way of like having access to high end brands, but at a lower price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, still the great quality. Yeah. And um, another brand, I actually came across this brand very recently. It's called Why So Blue Love. They um, use 100% cotton Mm -hmm. and they're a conscious ethical brand. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about the good human, right? Uh, Similarly, there's actually a great marketplace which considers like um, artisans at the very heart of their brand. Mm -hmm. They're called Okai. It's called okai.org. That's O-K-H-A-I.org. Yeah, I actually, when I discovered them, They're amazing. They not only hire women artisans, but they also train women in a lot of different communities and teach them financial independence. Correct. So that's really awesome. And another small brand that I actually came across is called um, Palanguta Pale Bags. They're actually a very small group of women based in Andhra Pradesh. Mm -hmm. And what they do is um, they actually make like basic cotton tote bags um, that you can customize. And they take bulk orders and they ship worldwide. They're pretty amazing. Wonderful. I have to try. Yeah. And last but not the least... Um, everything to do with uh, your everyday sustainable lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, making your own chemical-free home products, cleaning products, how to recycle, reuse, 
um, I found this amazing Instagram handle and there are a group of women who've started this initiative. Mm-hmm. It's called Zero Scrap Waste. We will share their handle as well on our um, IG Instagram. Yeah. And what they do is they make these great little informative reels. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they actually have a fantastic online workshop that mm-hmm. you can sign up for. And all they do is they teach you all of these different practices mm-hmm. um, that you can follow and ways you can like from composting to, you know, um, if you have like gadgets that you need to like throw away, don't throw them away. How do you recycle? Where do you go? And all of these amazing insights, they're actually based in two locations in India, mm-hmm. in Bangalore and in Mumbai. But you know what? Any of us can avail their online workshop. And um, it's really, really good. I think I've learned so much about uh, different kinds of products and uh, different ways to reuse things. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of it, obviously, there are tons and tons of brands out there. So when you, you know, check out a brand, just take a moment to know the brand, to read about their practices, know about their green certifications, because that's what really authenticates a brand as being truly sustainable and ethical. Because like we said today, you know, thrifting and sustainability, all of these are big buzzwords, right? Right. So obviously there are, you know, certain, you know, um, black sheep in in the lot who are like trying to say that they're sustainable and doing all of this kind of greenwashing. Mm. So just educate yourself better. And uh, if you have questions, just reach out to the brand and really ask them those hard hitting questions so that, you know, you know where you're uh, putting your money to so that your values and your uh, brands actually really match up. Right. I completely agree. I think mm-hmm. it's very important to like really be aware. I mean, we're moving towards... Um, practices that are eco-friendly, sustainable, uh, for better living. And everybody is conscious about it. We're, there's awareness is growing everywhere. And, you know, we're trying to keep up with that awareness. Mm-hmm. And that, I think it's a good thing overall. Yeah. And uh, like you said, um, don't take the words of organic and sustainable just for the face value, but exactly. you know, really ask the questions, dig deep know where you're putting your money and whether it's going to the right people mm-hmm. and you're getting the right product. That's right. Uh, but here, our job here is to basically help um, bring the awareness to the mm-hmm. audience mm-hmm. in about all of these brands and all of these practices that's out that there. That is right. So it's exciting times. I yeah. know. We really, really hope you were able to take away something from our three-part series. And uh, if you know of any great brands, you have sustainable practices that you want to reach out to us and tell us, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it from us. Yes. So see you next time. See you next time. Bye, Shweta. Bye. Bye, everybody. If you like what you heard, give us a rating. Leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Have any questions or simply want to drop us a note? We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at chaibreakpodcast at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-I-B-R-E-A-K podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast or visit us at chaibreakpodcast.com.